Hi, and welcome to Life in All Chapters. I'm Brandi Tabor. I'm Amanda Henson. And today is our last episode of Season 1, where we've talked about whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. Yeah, it's been fun. It has been fun. Today, we decided we'd look at what the National Awareness Months and everything were before we decided on our topic, and we chose Happiness Happens Month to talk about, which is apparently... I don't know. This is weird to me. There's a secret society of happy people who wanted to dedicate a day to the pursuit of happiness. And then they decided in 2000, they wanted to expand that celebration to Happiness Happens Month, which is the month of August. And I feel like this stood out to me because, you know what? Do you ever hear people say, or have you ever told yourself, when I, I will be happy. When I, this will make me happy. I'll be relaxed when I get this. You know, it's always when, when. Like, we're never in the moment. Yes, and happiness is not a destination. No. And then you're, you know, a lot of people let other people make them miserable. And we've talked about this several times, emotions, you are responsible for your emotions. You are responsible for how you let something or someone make you feel. Absolutely. And I feel like I try really hard not to not to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. To look on the bright side. I mean everything everything isn't everything isn't always roses and sunshine with me, but Right. But I feel like overall I'm pretty happy. I'm just happy to be alive. I'm happy to be able to do everything I do. I was thinking about yesterday how blessed I am. And it's weird because I got a pretty big disappointment yesterday. But, I mean, the world didn't end. It's a first world problem for me. Really, I shouldn't complain. So, let's just be happy. Yeah. So. I think that's it's hard to remember that you have to make yourself happy. And you can find happiness in the most sorrowful moments in your life. You know, grandma's funeral. Oh, yeah. You know, how many times have you been to a funeral and, yes, you're grieving, you lost somebody you love, you're also excited about their new journey, whatever that means, and... And you're reminiscent You're, you're reminiscing of, and you're laughing yes. and you're crying and you're laughing and you're crying, but there's this sense of joy somewhere in that grief just finding its way to the surface and we're the ones that choose that if you choose not to reminisce you choose not to let those memories bring you to a positive moment in your life then then you're going to let grief overwhelm you yeah and i think that if we're going to marinate in a feeling it should be happiness i mean why not why should we always marinate in anger Mm-hmm. or disappointment or sadness whatever it is why should we it's okay to feel those emotions and go you have to you have to feel your full spectrum but I like to choose to come back to happy it's I mean why not yeah I always wonder you know what what is the purpose of emotions I don't have emotions the way other people do I don't think you don't express them the way other people do I don't think I feel them the way I well I shouldn't say feel because I think that I can't identify them the way other people do. That I will go through and I will have an emotion, but I can't acknowledge it until 
I have to I have to sit and reflect on it. I don't I think to. that we value them the way other people do. Maybe. A lot of people put a lot of emphasis on how they're feeling. And how you're feeling isn't how you are. Those aren't facts. That's an emotional response, chemical reaction, have you? It's it's just something happening in your body and then sometimes it'll cause you to feel a way. And then if you think about it, the next day you may not feel the same way. You may. Like, that's when I feel like people overreact. Because people put a lot of emphasis yeah. on how they feel. I don't put that much in. I understand that how I feel could very well change. I try to keep it to a minimum. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't overreact. Ask my husband. but <laughs> We all do from time to time. Yeah. And there are times where I've been overwhelmed with an emotion, and I was immediately able to identify it, but did not in other situations. Over Even overwhelmed with an emotion, I'm like, why am I overwhelmed? I don't understand this. I think I feel other people's emotions better than my own. You absolutely do. and But that's even how... Or like, recognize them. I don't know yes. about feel. I recognize them better. Well, no, but I think sometimes sounds... And lighting, and there's movie producers use it all the time to incite emotion out of people. All these different things can happen, and all your your senses work together to elicit some sort of emotional response from you. And it's kind of magical. But see, people can do that to you too. Mm -hmm. And objects and emails, and there's a lot of things that can incite those emotions. But I feel like some people have a little bit better handle on their emotions than others. They have maybe like a more self-aware. It's yeah. not that anybody's better or worse than anybody else. I just I just mean like some or, people are very aware. I'm very or more aware. Practice recognizing them. Yes, I am very aware of sometimes how things can make me react. For instance, social media. That's why I block people because negative people being mean to other people incites a very strong reaction in me, and I want to jump to defend people. And there's no point. Like, nothing good is going to come of it. You can't change someone's mind. So, it, since it, since I know I have a hard time controlling my emotions in those ways, I eliminate that from my life whenever possible. So, it's just a self-awareness. Not that I'm, I'm obviously not very well able to control it. That's your it. pursuit of happiness. It, it is. It <laughs> is. And that's... That's why I stay off social media as much as I can, because... Exactly. Yeah. That's how you choose your happiness. And, not, and, like I said, it's not that I have a better handle. It's that I know that it... I know how it will affect me, so I avoid it. Speaking of social media, we're to- I'm going to totally go off Jump subject topic. here. Jumping, jumping ship. Um, which is something we always do, guys. You know this. So, I think I've said before in our podcast, I have definitely said it to you, that we have got to be careful with the propaganda and the use of neurosensory data coming at us from our social media and that you everything is connected your google chrome is connected to your social media your facebook yada yada they, it's utilized to feed you the 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 algorithm is made to give you the information that they know will catch your attention yeah that they know you've researched that they know so and i've said this before and you and i talked about it in it sounds crazy that your phone can read your mind. 
It sounds crazy. But it also would have sounded crazy 50 years ago for someone to say, hey, Amanda, in 50 years, you're going to have a device that sits in the palm of your hand, reflects light, computes data, and you can reach anybody throughout the world. With no cords. With no cords. And it will be able to be charged wirelessly. You can watch entertainment on it. You can talk to your spouse when they're in another country. You can... In real time. In real time. You can access the internet, which 50 years ago was not there. If it was a thing, it wasn't a thing that most people knew about. about. Right. So if you... You can access this thing called the internet, and you will have different internet um, programs for different companies and different websites for different companies. Somebody would have thought you were crazy if you'd have told them all that 50, 60 years ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So I I have this conspiracy theory that your phone can read your mind. And we've proven do you have data I don't have? You look No, but I feel like it's not even a conspiracy theory. I feel like at this point, it's stupid to think that your phone couldn't read your mind. Right. I agree. And so I have to tell you, we've had this conversation because, you know, I use the phone to manipulate my husband to get new furniture, you know, all that stuff. Because at the time I wanted new furniture and I didn't have the minimalistic um, drive that I have now. But long story short... I swear to you, I have been thinking about life insurance policies. I have not said a word. I have not brought it up. I've been thinking about it for two reasons. One, how to build financial um, stability and using life insurance that way. And then two, because if something happens to me, currently I don't have life insurance to help my spouse and my kids Be okay, right? So I've been thinking about it, and I kid you not, I was in the bathroom. I had just given Hoss a bath and cleaned up the wound he has on his neck, and I let him out of the bathroom, and I literally thought, man, I need to look up the life insurance. I opened Facebook to clear out, because those numbers drive me nuts on my phone, so I opened Facebook to clear out all my notification numbers, And I thought, I'll look real quick, you know, see what my top ten things are. First advertisement was life insurance policy. And I keep keep racking my brain about this and trying to figure out... If you said it out loud or... If I said it out loud, if I brought it up. And I know that I had talked to mom about life insurance, but not prior to this. We talked about it afterwards. That's the only conversation that I have been able to think of. And I've been thinking about this for four or five days now. I cannot stop thinking about the amount of neurosensory data that I am giving to the world of technology just by my thoughts. Or how my thoughts are being worked. Maybe I was already seeing that and now I think I need life insurance. It could very well be. So, I, my point is, the whole reason I bring this up, it does have to do with happiness because your, the way you, your algorithms are and the way we use media and stuff, it could very easily add 
to your happiness if you know how to manipulate it for that or work for you. But it could take so much away from your happiness. I don't have this. I can't afford that. I All these advertisements. I want, I want, I want. But I You're can't right. get... When, when I can afford that, I'll feel better. When I can do this, I'll be happier. And it just can take away so much. And if it truly is capable, and they have proven with science that our thoughts are not in our brain. We have electromagnetic fields outside of our body. Well, I feel like your brain is that system, just like I don't feel my foot pain in my brain, but my brain indicates to me that my foot hurts. Right. So but they're seeing your they're thoughts like, may not occur in your head, right? But they're occurring. They're seeing electro. So we used to look at brain waves all the time, but now they're looking at electromagnetic fields outside of the brain, outside of your body, um, that react to certain thoughts and certain processes that react to pain, and they're monitoring how these things react. And what if our what if our technology is already capable of that? It's pretty overwhelming just the thought that like you said 50 years ago all this stuff didn't even exist Mm -hmm. it's truly amazing and also kind of terrifying it is it is so and i think the key though is like how do you how do you live in a world full of that and still maintain your happiness i think you have to be aware that the propaganda and the algorithms exist to give you the correct part to to target you and if you're not aware of that, you could very easily get caught up in this I want, I wish world, and you're always going to be chasing something. Yeah. Which, chasing something is always a good thing. No. It's always a good thing to 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 have something to look forward to, let's say. But chasing happiness but, is not. No, chasing happiness is not okay. It's, it's okay to chase dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy now. I will be happy when this happens. I don't think I'll be any happier. I'll be happy in a different way. I'll be happy about that too. I'll be... Because I don't know that I could be any happier than I am right now. If you can always find something to be miserable about, miserable about, surely you can find something to be happy about too. Well, tell some people. Tell them. Tell them again. Have you ever been around somebody... Demeanor. I wrote down demeanor a minute ago. Have you ever been around somebody that their demeanor just portrays this complete, utter misery? And there's nothing you can do or say. Absolutely. They're just sad about everything. And if you have something to be happy about, about, they cut that down and throw out why they can be upset about Mm -hmm. that. Now, that is not to be confused with people like me. People like me look like we're not have. I can be, I'm having a great time right now. I'm not smiley. I'm not, that's just who I am. I have like severe RBF. I'm chilling. But I'm actually very happy. I just don't. You're very blunt. I am, but. And, but there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's and I'm just, just, I'm happy as I can be. Like, like there's, I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm joyful. So your demeanor is. An RBF type demeanor. Yes, I'm just kind of blah, but I'm not. But I mean, your mood inside, doesn't match that. No, inside <laughs> I am just so jubilant. I just can't get it out. You know That's what I think it is because people word. would. It is <laughs> jubilant. But people would really think I was a nut job 
if I showed exactly how happy I am all the time because I'm genuinely thrilled to be here. I couldn't be happier to be here right now. When I was at work today, I couldn't be happier than to be at work. I mean, what better did I have? I mean, it was great. It was a great day at work. I mean, I worked. Work kind of sucks sometimes, but but it was such a nice day. It was hot. And then it cooled off after yeah. rain came through. I had good stuff happen today. I got filthy, dirty. I could have been miserable all day because I ruined this shirt. And then I had to go to work with this dirty, greasy shirt on all day. But guess what? Who cares? I was just as happy as I could be. It was a great morning. Whatever. So how do you bring yourself back when you do get miserable about something? Do you have like a, a routine that you do to pause yourself or reset? I wish I did so I could tell people how to do it. I think I'm just grateful. That's my that's my routine is that I find myself I have tried to lately because I am I'm the worst about immediately upon getting up, I let the dogs out and then I grab my phone and start checking emails. That's how I've done it for years. You manage people, you have to check text messages and emails emails because Somebody might have texted you instead of calling you to call out or something. So it's just a habit. So here lately, because I don't have to have my phone on me until I hit the door at the clinic, and I don't have to respond to clients for up to, I usually tell them, give me 24 hours, sometimes 48 yeah. hours. So I don't have to be constantly looking at that phone. Um, so I've been trying to leave the internet, leave the phone, leave all the devices alone for at least 30 minutes upon rising and at least 30 minutes before I go to bed. And I meditate. So when I meditate, but I don't meditate before I go to bed. And I don't meditate first thing in the morning. So I've started a new routine. Gratitude in the shower. Thankful for the water. Thankful for my shampoo. Thankful for my husband breathing, thankful for me breathing, thankful for the safety of my kids, yada, yada. Same thing in the morning. I wake up before I shower. That's the first thing I do. Thankful for my coffee or occasionally a Red Bull, which has become a little bit too often. I'm going to have to stop that. But occasionally, but... Leave Red Bull just, out of this. Red Bull didn't do anything to I you. I love Red Bull. It's so terrible I'm for you. I'm having one right now. But... Uh, but I'm thankful, and that's what I do is show gratitude. And on those days that I'm successful at that routine, my days are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. You know? And I think that we have to find our own ways of of doing those things. And the other thing that I do, if I'm really down, if I'm really sad, if I'm really mad, I just do shit for somebody else. That's doing good. shit for other people is like the ultimate, I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's some sort of chemical release. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just the fact that I absolutely love to see other people having a good time. I love to see other people happy. So doing something for someone else will change my mood. If I'm in a bad mood, I will buy somebody lunch. Yeah. Like whatever it may be. They don't need me to buy them lunch. It's not really a charitable act. Because not everything like has to be... for somebody in a line behind you or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be a charitable act. It doesn't have to be somebody that's less fortunate. Obviously, that's always nice to give to the less fortunate. I just mean, just do something nice. Tell somebody thank you. Tell them what a great job they did. Go give them a good review. You know, I, I try to just do something nice for somebody else. You know, even if... 
That's even if I'm point. not feeling nice. I will find myself, I when I'm in a mood I can't correct, I'm not a good person to be around. Because, because I can feel you or your emotions and I can identify where you're at. If I'm in a foul mood and I feel like you're at fault for something, then I can jab hard. And I've learned oh, that about myself very, like, thank goodness I learned that about myself because... Oh, we are brutal. I know that I have to step back and isolate myself until I correct whatever it is. So I, I do meditate when and take time to be grateful in between the mornings and the evenings. If I find myself in a foul mood, the other thing I do is clean. I wish I did that. I, as you can tell by my house, I'm a very happy person lately. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but when I get mad, I will clean and clean and clean. And it's kind of a meditative thing, I think. You can focus, but you can also process. Yeah. You know, you can completely engulf yourself, lose all thought processes except for what you're organizing, what you're scrubbing, what you're doing. Or you can slow it down and just go through the motions and think about why you feel the way you do and think about the situation that got you there and reflect on it. So it can yeah. go either way, depending it's on... And I have different, Yeah, I have different tasks. So like getting in my pool is more of a reflective thing. So I get in the pool and I clean and I can reflect. Now, if I'm scrubbing my kitchen, you see me doing floors or windows... I'm leaving. Just don't talk to me. Yeah. Because that is the time where... Something has happened that I cannot let go of, and I'm trying to release it. And That's smart. I mean, it's a smart thing to do. Yeah. And I've gotten much better at it, but now my house is dirty. So, so now you got to get pissed off at somebody. No, I, think, I, uh, I, just, I just bring your kid in. To yeah, there you go. Well, I feel like that's good advice, and it's also good advice to stay the hell away from me if I am pissed off at you. I will get over it. You can apologize. We can move on. But I may need to distance myself for a little while so that I can work through how I feel about mm -hmm. things and truly forgive a person and move on. Yeah. And I would afford you the same thing. if. Well, and you have to think about what forgiveness looks like in that scenario because forgiveness is not translatable from situation to situation. It's it, ha it, it It needs to be defined for every situation and for every person as an individual. And me forgiving you for stepping on my foot and yelling at my dog might be harder than me forgiving somebody for hitting my car. Exactly. You know, so... I have to figure those things out, and you need the space to do that. And I don't know if all people are like us, though. I don't either. But I do know that, you know, I need that space sometimes. And sometimes I'm not even mad at you. I'm angry at a situation that happened, but you were involved in that situation. So until I can process that, mm -hmm. I might distance myself because I value our relationship. Now, if I never come back, that means I didn't value our relationship more than what you did right. to wrong me, per se. But... Sometimes you just have to, and that's okay if people have to process that for me. If if you if you need time to process why you're angry or whatever I may have done, yeah, take it. Do you find yourself happy in your anger though, or your frustration too? I'm pretty much happy. I mean, yeah. Now there are times where I'm overwhelmed with anger if if a, a thing has just happened or or sadness or whatever. I mean, it's hard to see the light. But usually I can pretty much. 
I can find something in the world to be happy about. I can find yeah. the joy in the world. So despite a negative situation, you can still find happiness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I definitely, I think that I, there's a lot of people that will ask me, you know, are you stressed out? Why are you stressed? What can I do? And I think that people look at my busy life and they think, yes. you have to be stressed out. And I don't feel stressed. And sometimes I think, is something wrong with me that these people think I'm stressed out? Michaela, your daughter said, I know you're stressed out the other day to me. And I thought, I don't feel stressed. I think sometimes people, we both move with a purpose. Yeah. When I'm doing something, I'm doing it. I walk quickly. Yeah. Like People have a hard time keeping up with me when I'm walking around. I do things with a purpose. Everything I'm doing, yeah, we, I don't dick around. So sometimes I can be misconstrued as, as upset. I'm not upset. I'm taking care of this. This needs to be taken care of. This is how I do it, and I move quickly. Assertive. I don't. I really don't goof around. I just get it done, especially if I don't like it. I'm not going to sit and linger over the dishes. Dishes suck. Get them done. <laughs> You know, if I gotta go mow the lawn, I'm gonna mow the lawn. I'm not gonna goof around all day. Just do it. I might. I enjoy the lawn work. Well, but you know. But what I TJ mean. does most of it. You know what I mean. I if do. you don't, I get it, it. and if I'm doing something, I just do it. I get it done. So I think sometimes people are like, "Well, no, I'm just getting it done." I would say I think I hear that a lot, though. You, you must be stressed. Or you're busy, and I have to tell you, ninety-nine percent of my life. I feel happiness and joy. Do I get frustrated that I don't have the money that I need for certain things or want for certain things? Do yeah. I get frustrated that my dogs got into a fight and I had a vet bill? And do I get frustrated that my pool pump went out, which I finally got fixed? Woo. Um, do I get frustrated that this, that, and the other? Yes, I do. I get frustrated. Life is hard, but it's so beautiful. It is. There's too much good. You know, and I think 99% of the time, probably more than that, I am very, very happy. Yeah. I laugh more than, especially when my husband's well, around. maybe you have I the RBF so like me. I don't know. I don't think I do, do I? Do you think mm, I have RBF? Maybe, I don't know. No, no. Not like me, but. Not like you. <laughs> I'm like freaking evil over here. Yours is serious. I do have a serious RBF. But you know what? When you you express joy, when you do, you express it. Oh yeah, no, and I and you know? I do, I do. God, you should have seen me this morning. I was like a kid in a candy store. It was such a great morning, and I was trying to like calm it down because I look like a big old dork. Okay, <laughs> but I, I I reined it in as best I could. But I wasn't the only one. All right, there was a whole bunch of us dorks just being jubilant, if you will. <laughs> you remind me of like a. Uh... Like a 1930s or 40s mom <laughs> where you're just like, we got it. You know, like, and yeah. you got this disgruntled look on your face sometimes, but you know, you're happy. And then yeah. you make a joke and then you just like, you burst into this laughter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I get that a lot with the kids at the club too. Yeah. Because the kids, for a long time, they all thought I hated them. I don't hate the kids. I just run a tight ship. I bring, I bring shit up for them. I always make sure they have something fun to do. I always make sure they got good snacks, popsicles. I love those kids. But I run a tight ship. You do what you're supposed to do. You don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm going to jump your ass. You're still getting a popsicle. <laughs> you little jerk. 
But I expect you to behave. I don't know. I just feel like kids like kids like that. Kids are better they than we are. Structure. Kids yeah. are better than we are because those kids love me. They're a little afraid of me, but they also know they also know who to come to when they're scared, right, or hurt. You know, they know that I got their back no matter what. Or they need something. And they also know I will whoop somebody's ass. Like, mess with one of them kids, see what happens. I will come at you. They're not my kids. I will come at you, you mess with them kids. And they know that, so. Yeah. Well, I think, I'll I'll be honest, since, and since you've been doing most of those activities, that there have been more children's activities there. Yeah, well, it's not just me. Activities. No, there's there's a couple other families that like uh, Rachel and Shane. They're they're awesome. They do a lot of the kids stuff, and but I do feel like I feel like we make a good group of people to mm-hmm. to make sure that stuff is done. You know, we got people going doing behind the scenes stuff and getting donations, and I definitely see more kids up there the more yeah. every time I'm. There. I wish some of them had more supervision. We have so many kids just dropped off. Their parents don't, or so many kids, their parents are there, but their parents don't actually want to hang out with them. And gated communities are not safe communities. It's no. a false security. It is a false security. And I'm like, people watch your damn kids. You don't actually want to hang out. They'll come at, they'll, oh yeah, we want to, this is a great community center. We want to hang out here with our kids. Yeah. No, you don't. You want your kids to go over there and leave you alone while you hang out over here. I'm, I'm, no. Very few people actually are trying to hang out with their kids around there. Right. I go, I'm a little cynical about it at the moment. Well, at least you have some that are staying and their kids near their kids and not they just are. dropping them off and running. Which they are, I which is great, but too. it does. It's both. But I just wish that they would actually interact with their kids. Which would help of, those kids learn to be happy. It or, would. And, yeah. and it would keep them safer. Mm-hmm. Because I can't keep them safe. I'm one person and that's not my job. It's not my job to watch your kids. Yeah. $100 an hour per kid. Just FYI, $100 an hour per child. <laughs> That's what I charge to watch them. Put the note on the door. And I'm also feeding them tons of Red Bull and, like, sodium-packed Slim Jims. So. <laughs> Lots of potato chips. Yeah. Oh, you want a monster? Okay, you're not my kid. Well, I think that that finding happiness and learning your own demeanor, I guess, with your RBF <laughs> is important. It is. And, and, and also spread joy to other people. Yes, and then thank you, Society of Happy People, for creating August. Yeah. Shout happiness. out. Happiness Happens Month. Secret Society of Happy oh, People. Yes. Maybe I'm part of that because I'm secretly happy underneath this <laughs> RBF. <laughs> That's very possible. You know, I think, I think gratitude, laughing, and taking time for yourself are, the, are three things that, in my opinion will help you achieve the happiness and not chasing shit. So that's my summary for today's episode. Sounds good. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No. So this is our last episode for season one, and we will be gone for two weeks, maybe three, before our season two comes out. And we'll probably give you a little sneak peek about season two um, here soon. Yeah, I think uh, my goal is to record it. Maybe pop it on the YouTube. Ooh, yeah, get some YouTube action going. Okay, I'm down for that. All right, well, until next time, guys, thanks for listening.